Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, before Labor Day, so no tie, but uh, Torah is still going. I figured once I heard the chauffeur, we got to break out this year. So uh, thank you very much. It's a little bit early, but uh, we have good records with the Sosemskis and Donnie, especially. I want to thank him for the Shear, sponsoring the Shear Coffee and Pastries. We should probably work out. If you listen online, you should get a five cent discount, but don't go in yet to uh, Lazy Bean and Ask because I haven't arranged it yet. But I know we have a lot of people that signed up online. Uh, there are sheets available, but you could handle this without sheets as well. I want to just give a very brief intro. You know, I always try to get insights into the Haggadah, into the Machsar. I always call the Machsar the Haggadah, so that's why we need Elo. And, um, you know, if you go to Rabbi Weil, it gives an explanatory service on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. I have the advantage that I pop in there for a few minutes when I get tired of the rabbi in uh, the main service. And it's very educational. And it's good to be able to plan in advance, uh, to read the Machsar in advance. You know, this is a discussion in the commentaries. You see this uh, before the printing press, after the printing press, whether you should uh, prepare 30 days in advance the machzor. So some say, no, that's only when not everybody had a machzor. Then you should prepare. But I would say there's definitely no sin in preparing in advance. There's a safer that came out a few years ago. It's actually a machzor, but Art Scroll did a very nice job translating it into... Uh, English or breaking it up into English, there's a great Rav in Eretz Yisrael, Rav Druk. He's very famous. This is not one of the, I'm going to tell you a story, it's a real story. When he was told that Rav Chaim Kenievsky passed away, he literally had a heart attack and he had to be in a hospital. He was supposed to speak at the Leviah. And he's very special. He's been to America a few times. So he has a safer both on uh, a machzor, a Hebrew machzor, both in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Purim. It's incredible. It's out of print for some reason. And then what Art Squirrel did, a phenomenal job, is they took a lot of uh, the questions that he asks, which are usually questions that Rishonim ask, not Tachronim or not guys like me, Tachtonim, questions from Rishonim, and then he gives it sometimes his own answers. What I've done with it, I know Rabbi Wiles been studying it as well, is I like to go back to the Rishonim, to the medieval commentaries, and see the answers that they gave. Nothing against contemporary rabbis, but when we could go back to the medieval commentaries, that's the best. So some of the questions that I'm dealing with come from him, and then we'll see some other answers that are provided. Now, just as a, another introductory point number two, one of the words that's very popular once we get to Rosh Hashanah, and maybe in two weeks or so we'll deal with Slichos, but I like to deal with Rosh Hashanah for the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> it really deals with Yom Kippur as well. But one of the popular uh, add-on words is the word Chaim. Does anybody here have the name Chaim? Okay, you're sponsoring the Shir. Okay. So when you ha- Chaim is very popular during uh, the Aserosu Mechuvah. Aserosu Mechuvah, I mean Rosh Hashanah through Yom HaKippurim. When do we add Chaim? I, think about it. Zachreinu L'chaim. Michem Ha'chav, Rechamim, Zach Yitzhir L'chaim, Barachamim. And then at the end, you have two additions. Chaim. Uchsov L'chaim. And then you have in, in Besefer Shalom, you have Chaim. Now, every day when we daven, as I noticed this morning, we say Chaim during Sim Shalom. Now, there is a difference between the first two Chaims that we ask for. Remember, we add Zachreinu Chaim El Chavetz B'Chaim in the first uh, part of the Shmon Asrei. Michem Bacha Avarachamim, Surah Chaim Barachamim, says Chaim there also. Then the last two times, it says Chaim Tovim. 
So I'm not going to answer that question today. And also in B'Sefer Chaim, it says, uh, Tovim, you may get to an answer today, if not next week. Why is it that uh, we're not asking the first two times for Chaim Tovim? I mean, if you never heard of the idea of Chaim Tovim means a good life. It sounds better than just a life. So if we never heard of the concept of Chaim Tovim, I wouldn't be asking these questions. But once it says Chaim Tovim, so then why not ask for Chaim Tovim all the time? So you see, you're already going to have a better understanding of the Machzor. The, the, the key to understand the Machzor is not so you get an academic degree at the end, which is very nice, but hopefully it impacts our davening. And if you take out a Machzor and you prepare, you'll really appreciate these points. So first comes a uh, very interesting comment from the tour. The tour is now we're in the Rishonim, 12th, uh, 13th century, 14th century. And um, this is the son of the Rush. A couple weeks ago in Ashir, I introduced the father of the Rush that I came across. His name was Yechiel. But here's the very important, the tour. The tour sets us up. It's the same system. The Shulchan Aruch followed the same number system, breaking up uh, the book into four works. We're into Arachayim now. Hilchus Rosh Hashanah, Simon Tuf Kuf Pei Beis. And I'll translate everything in case you don't have the sources in front of you. Or if you don't want to look inside, it's fine. Vyesh Meha So the Torah brings up something, and he's, he's commenting on something probably from a few hundred years before him. Sha'amru, there are those that say, Sha'in La'omro, that you shouldn't say, that Mishum, that he's basically going to say that you shouldn't say Zacharein Olachayim. It's an interesting halacha, which we're not discussing now, which you have to know. Maybe we'll get to it, or look at any mocks, or what happens if you forget to say Zacharein Olachayim? What, what happens if you forget to say Michamocha? What forget Hamelach HaMishpat? But let's not get to the halacha yet. This is background. There are those that say that Zacharein Olachayim has no place in the davening. Whether it's, uh, sun, whether it's today, what did, what's today, the fourth day of Elul, or whether it's the fourth day of Tishrei. Zechorein Elochayim, it's a very beautiful idea. We say to Hashem, Zechorein Elochayim, right? Remember us for life, Melachavetz Bachayim, right? All the beautiful things, Lamancha Elochim Chayim, but it's out of place in the first part of the Amida. Why is that? So this is just basic review. Every single Amidah that we have, and this includes Shabbos and it includes Yom Tov, we'll see whether it includes Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, is divided into three sections. Even Shabbos is divided into three sections. The first three brachos are Shevach, right? The first three brachos we give Shevach to Hashem. You know, the very uh, pedestrian way to explain it is that, you know, before you get something from someone, you have to praise them. God doesn't need our praise, right? So, but it's, it's obviously, that's just a way of us understanding to warm up our hearts, to recognize that before we go in with the big ask, we have an appreciation of the power of Hashem. So that's the first three brachas. Everything in the middle are requests. Now, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein has a very beautiful article that on Shabbos and Yom Tov, there are also requests, everything in the middle except their spiritual requests. Keep that in mind. It's in, he has a book, uh, The Leaf, what's it called? The, the Leaves of Faith. So in Leaves of Faith, thank you very much. Leaves of Faith, Volume 2. You get a special call out, right? Leaves of Faith, Volume 2, he has a whole article. It's an incredible article. Uh, I've thrown some sidebars. Every Shabbos in the middle, we're davening for Ruchnius. It's good to know when you daven, what are you davening for? As, as, not just reading words. And then the last three brachos, 
That's hoda. That's thanks. Now, we do slip in some requests in there also, which is interesting, we'll come back to as well, especially Simshalom. Simshalom sounds like you know, we have somebody here going back to Eretz Yisrael on Sunday. Netanya's part of Eretz Yisrael, a beautiful part of Eretz Yisrael. So Simshalom, we're asking for peace. And we actually say in there that there should be Chaim. Chaim is mentioned there, Taurus Chaim, but also regular Chaim, on an everyday basis. So what are we doing? On the first three brachos, the first part of the Amidah, we're supposed to be asking, we're only supposed to be praising Hashem. If you're saying to Hashem, remember us for Chaim, does that sound like a praise? That sounds like what? It's a request. It's out of place. So that's why there were those Gaonim, they predate the Rishonim, She'in La'amro, Mishum Dekaimelon, because we have a Gemara Meseches Bracha, Sandaf Lamedalet, that says, Lo Yishal Adam Tzrachov, Lo Begimel Rishonos, Lo Begimel Achronos. There's a structure to the Amidi. You can't just do whatever you want. Again, this is to help us. So you hear the question? You're not supposed to be making requests during the first three Brachos. So there were those Rishonim, there were those uh, Gaonim, maybe Rishonim as well, that said absolutely not. And they didn't say Zacharein Elochayim. It doesn't mean they didn't say Amelech HaMishpat. And it doesn't say that they didn't say the stuff at the end, but they didn't say Zacharein Elochayim. V'chein Kasev Bahag, right? This is also by the Bahag. Baal Halachos Kedolos, L'yishal Adam Shracha Begimol Rishonos. U'mehacha L'shafkir Abana L'meimar. Afilo Zacharein Elochayim B'mogein. Okay? So that's what he basically says, even though this is such an important request to Hashem, especially during the Yom Narayim, that we should, you know, we're thinking during the Yom Narayim about big ideas. You know, not only spiritual ideas, we're also thinking about our sick people. You know, we're thinking about people that need healing in the mind of, of the body. The stakes are very high. That's part of why we have Elul, to build up the lot, lot. We get closer and closer. So it's very nice, but it's just not the appropriate place throw it somewhere else. And he, they, they discuss possibly where else it could go. So I want to go through the justifications. And the justifications that are given for it, let's go to the early sources. So we have the, some Gaonim knocked it out. We're going to see Rav Haigon. Rav Haigon is a very important one of the Gaonim. Kasav, this everything I'm taking now is in the tour. Sheyesh Lomar Oso, that you should absolutely say it. So Baruch Hashem, we, we should say it. We follow the Rav Haigon. V'yahi, da'al yishal adam tzracha begimel rishonos. When the Gemara says in Maseches Brachos that you don't ask for requests during the first three, hainu dafka b'tzarcha yachit. Those are individual requests. Those are your personal requests. Even though the personal requests, you always include the tzibor, but they're still defined, I'm telling you what Rav Haigon is saying, as personal requests. To be a nice guy, I include Yanko Beroshmero as well. But I'm basically thinking about myself. When it comes to the requests of Naseris Yumei Hainu, he's talking about it here Rosh Hashanah, but we're going to assume Naseris Yumei Tshuva. Hainu davka b'tzarche yachid, b'tzarche rabim sharit. But when we're asking for the tzarech of the rabim, of the masses of every single Jew, then it's allowed. Now, according, let's understand this answer. It's not such a simple answer. First of all, he's answering that it's a physical Chaim that we're discussing. I think that's pretty clear, especially once you see uh, other answers that are given. And I think the assumption is that what you're thinking about Zechariah and is, you know, these, as I pointed out, are high-risk times. 
at the very beginning of the Amidah, we jump in and say, I as a, a Shalom Baum, I care about the entire Kalah Yisrael. I want every single Jew to have life. And therefore, since I'm concerned here about the entire Tzibor, I'm allowed to do it. The principle was you can't be a selfish guy during the first three brachos. But if you're selfless, you can include yourself as well, but you're thinking about others, that's allowed. I think I read it the right way. I have an alternative reading, but I'm going to stick with this reading. What it does point out beyond the machzar is how much we should be thinking about uh, the tzibor. You know, it's very interesting. The, the Arach HaShulchan says, he's not talking about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. He said, you know, when a Misha Berach is made for the Cholim, or a Harach Amun. So I could say, listen, I don't know anybody who's sick. Thank God right now my whole family is well. And I'm not talking about just, you know, we're doing well in the market, everybody's feeling okay, and a beautiful summer. So it's irrelevant to me. I'll go learn, you know, during the Misha Berach, or I'll go, uh, maybe I'll even say to God, thank God I'm feeling well. Could be a nice thing to do. I saw in Eretz Yisrael, some people, they say, instead of saying Yisker, they say, uh, thank God, I don't have to say Yisker. I don't know if that makes the people saying Yisker feel better or worse, but that's a separate discussion. But the Aruch HaShulchan says, no, you have to say Amen and listen. And you know why? Because V'yahavta Recha Kamocha. It's unbelievable. He quotes the Pasuk V'yahavta Recha Kamocha. If you were in that same situation, you would want your neighbor to be davening for you, so you're going to daven for everyone else. So I think it's a similar concept over here. But the second answer that he gives, which is a fascinating answer, again, this is in the Torah, the same one who asked the question. He says, You could find a Mesecha Sofrim. Mesecha Sofrim is, you know, we call it part of the Mesechtos Ketanos, but I believe it's a Gaonic work. Mesecha Sofrim. Kishem Shechasimasan Shal Rosh Hashanah Yom HaKippurim Meshunah Meshar Yom Tovim. You know that when it comes to some of the, the brachos on uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Aser Sumei Tshuva, we change the ending, which is also pretty radical. Anshik and established the davening. We say, instead of, we say HaMelech HaMishpat. There are changes made. So what he says over here, this is what I'm calling up. If you look at the sheet, justification number two, all bets are off. That's generally how it is. Once we're doing a Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we throw in the whole all bets are off, which means we're able, Chazal are able to change the Shemona Esrei. And they felt the need to, to enter Zachorena L'chaim right away. He actually comes in with another question and he says, we should have made more changes. You know, is what really shakes us up. It's the beginning of the Amidah for Rosh Hashanah. We should have put that into the davening all Aserah Now, if you take this view of the Masecha Sofrim, What's the difference between the Masecha Sofrim and Rav Haigon? It could mean even for an individual, right? Rav Haigon had to say it was for a rabbin. This would mean that maybe even for an individual, I'm able to, because the stakes are so high during Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, all bets are off. So these are the answers that are given, the classic answers that are given by Rishonim. My most important comment is that we should focus. Let's think about this year, I'm talking to myself, what does it mean? 
it's obviously a request, whether it's a request for the tzibor or it's a request for the individual, whether it's a living life, or now I want to show you another possibility. This thanks to uh, Rabbi Andrew Israeli. He doesn't have to give me anything for calling him out. So he showed me a beautiful piece from Rav Nevensal. And I'm not even going to get to Rav Druk probably till next week. I'm not in any rush to end. What time is uh, 8.10? So I have a minute. So you guys hang out there. You can listen as well. It says the following. This is a sefer of, um, I guess, the English sefer from Rav Nevensal, Shlita, on the Aserashimei Tshuva. A Jew's true life is entirely spiritual. Now, I want to point out, Rav Nevensal is not asking, he didn't ask this question, but Rabbi Israeli is very sharp. He, he knew, I said, find me a good answer. That's why I have a staff. And he gave me this answer. He wasn't answering the question, but it's beautiful. A Jew's true life is entirely spiritual. We must use the physical life Hashem gives us for the sake of our spiritual side. When we beseech Hashem, remember us for life, this is the life we mean. So especially during the Aseris Yimei we're not talking about physically, how we're handling ourselves physically or mentally. There's plenty of other places in davening for that as well, but that's not what is. If we desire longevity in order to fill our lives with spiritual content, to encourage Torah study, to perform more acts of chesed, to settle Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Nevinsal had to throw that in, to bring our distant brothers to Torah lifestyles, then our request for life is justified. Just take a copy of that. What you should be thinking about just on a minimal level during Zechariah Lechayim. We want there to be a spiritual life for ourselves and for the Tzibor. You want, I spoke about this last year. We dive in not just for the people that are in the room, but also the people that are outside. If, however, we desire life, I would add, only for worldly matters, for passing moments of pleasure, we have contradicted our very prayers, Zechariah Lechayim, Melchavei because we say at the end, that's the life that Hashem desires. And Hashem desires, okay, He wants us to be happy and to have what we need to eat, but especially a spiritual life. What I have on the second side, we'll continue next week, is how, how Rav Druk answers this question, very similar to Rav Nevensal, and also to show you that this is something that goes year-round. Year-round, it's not just during the Sarah but it's during Elul and every other month, that we are also making requests for a spiritual life. Thank you very much for joining us.